Why the swimsuit, Dave? You invited me over for a dip. I meant hell of a good dip. Ooh, dip! Mmm, French onion. Grab a chip and dive in. Cannonball! Did I say dive? I meant dip. Not just good, hell of a good. In seven delicious flavors. Blog Talk Radio. Trust, a non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations and concerned with the establishment of world cooperation and goodwill presents Inner Sight with your host, Robert Anderson. He, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here's your host, Robert Anderson. Welcome. Inner sight is simply seeing that which is always present, but not yet fully recognized. You have, within you, the ability to see yourself and the world around you in a new way with new eyes. So, stay with us and together, we'll look at the world and ourselves with inner sight. Our topic for today, Thoughts on Death and Immortality, Part 4, and uh, as many of you are aware, we're doing a series, and uh, we're continuing that series today, and once again, the, the topic, Thoughts on Death and Immortality. Before we explore this topic, I'd like to say a few words about Alice Bailey, founder of the Lucis Trust, and Lucis Trust sponsors this show. Alice Bailey also wrote 24 books of esoteric philosophy, and those 24 books are the main inspiration for the dialogue that you hear on this show. The following thought is also from the works of Alice Bailey. Death, if we could but realize it, is one of our most practiced activities. We have died many times, and shall die again and again. Just as soon as we know ourselves to be souls, we shall no longer know death. Why doesn't our religious training today prepare us better for death? I suppose some people might question that statement. Um, If they find that their particular religious tradition gives them what they need to deal with the fact of their Uh, eventual death and the deaths of their loved ones, then that's fine. Certainly, one of the main purposes of religion of any type is to give an understanding of um, life that enables the believer to come to terms with death. The fact of immortality and of eternal persistence runs throughout many of the major world religions. Judaism says this world is like a vestibule before the world to come. Prepare yourself in the vestibule that you may enter the hall. And Hinduism says, For certain is death for the born, and certain is birth for the dead. Therefore, over the inevitable thou shouldst not grieve. And, of course, we know Christianity promises that uh, there is eternal life through Christ. And yet... The present day is one in which many of the traditional religious principles are questioned, and it seems as if 
people don't quite find the same comfort in religion that earlier generations might have. Perhaps that's why they are seeking more alternative forms of spirituality. Yes, and I think there's, as I think we've mentioned before, there isn't this perhaps enough connection with the soul of what the soul is and the function of the soul when it comes to the moment of death and uh, and even after death, the after death experience of the soul after it leaves the physical body. And the um, maybe there isn't enough um, appreciation that it is the soul that is departing, the immortal part of the individual, and uh, that uh, personality that we we knew in life uh, is still very much alive. So, I mean, in fact, there isn't really this thing we call death. Does, um, so, I think there is perhaps not enough... Uh, not enough discussion, not enough training in what the soul does and the whole function of death. Yes, too often uh, death has been assumed to be the end because we are so identified with our with our body, with our, our form life. And when that goes, therefore, we are done. But spirituality sees the, the difference, understands the difference between the form and spirit and that uh, we are both the animal body and the divine spiritual being which temporarily resides in a body but relinquishes it at some point and according to the ageless wisdom does so over and over again that's what Alice Bailey meant about how we are we have died many times and it's one of our most practiced activities one of the things that I think is especially interesting about this spiritual view of death is that it's not an accident, it's not um, an unforeseen, unexpected event that comes unbidden and totally out of the blue, which is how we usually view death, um, as something that we hadn't thought about and all of a sudden someone very dear to us dies and we're shocked, shocked. Yet every living thing is going to die, every leaf, every, every animal, every human being, we are all going to discard our form. And the ageless wisdom says death is not only inevitable, it's an expression of the will, which I find deeply comforting. It's an expression of the soul's will or intention. So unless one is killed in an accident, and accidents do happen, um, but they are rare as I understand it, more common the, the soul determines the moment of death and it is done according to the soul's timing. Yes, I think that's another part of um, another of the death process because there isn't enough appreciation of that in, in hospitals and where they do everything they can to keep this physical body alive and there doesn't seem to be an appreciation of the soul here and that it has its own plans and its own timing about when to uh, when to depart from the physical body, and uh, so I think that also needs to be emphasized a lot more than it has been up until now, especially here in the Western societies, because uh, we're so uh, we're so preoccupied with this 
forms, physical form, and keeping it healthy and keeping it alive no matter what. And uh, <clears throat> so it's uh, the preoccupation with the form that's uh, holding things back, I think. Yes, um, one of the contributions of Western science and medicine has been the enormous strides made in hygiene and public health. What was it, 100 or 150 years ago, there were epidemics of typhoid in London that nobody could understand. Uh, The cause couldn't be identified. People were dying by the hundreds. And finally, they discovered that it was in the very poor sanitation system and the impure water that people were drinking. We have come a long way since then, and that's all to the glory of Western science and um, technology. But it's sort of given us the idea we'll live forever, and uh, we don't. There is still disease and old age, uh, just as troubled the Buddha 2,500 years ago. It's a part of life. And when we realize that the moment of death is the soul's decision, that gives meaning to the whole experience. And one would hope it would help us to prepare more for a a good death. The American Indians uh, say on a particularly beautiful day, it's a good day to die. I've heard that, yeah. Yeah, it's a good day to die. I don't find that morbid. I think it's a realization that it's a part of life, and why not die on a beautiful day? Well, yes, I mean, the beautiful part of it, if you if you can see this whole process from the standpoint of the soul, and the, <clears throat> the uh, Bailey teachings talk about this, from the standpoint of the soul, death is really a liberation. It's a, it's a glorious happening, because the soul is finally liberated from this, diseased, usually diseased physical body, and it's free. It, it, it returns to its source on the inner planes, on the astral and mental planes, and uh, it's, it's free from all the limitations imposed by the brain and by the physical body. So, uh, to the soul, from the standpoint of the soul, this is a, a joyous occasion, and it's just the opposite to the soul at the time of birth because it's, it suddenly finds itself locked in and imprisoned in this little infant body that is completely helpless for a number of years. <clears throat> and uh, so it's, we have the whole, the whole joy and happiness thing kind of turned around when compared to the soul. We, we are joyous at birth but are very sad and at, at death, but for the soul, it's completely opposite. Well, I suppose what you're speaking of is from the angle of relationships. When a child is born, the infant is welcomed into the family, all things being um, stable and normal. The birth of a baby is a wonderful event, and the child is welcomed and loved, and when the person dies, the loved ones who are left behind must let that person go. And that's an incredibly sad relinquishment uh, under the best of circumstances. But it teaches us to let go, and I think that's part of life, that we have to learn to relinquish that which is dearest and nearest to us, 
trusting in the benign laws of God that uh, all things come to an end that there are cycles of renewal and release and relinquishment it, it calls for a great deal of trust to, to accept and even obey these, these laws for the individual who is dying yes you're absolutely right it's liberation and release and we should only wish them bon voyage right and I think that's uh, uh, the the whole uh, understanding of death will be much more appreciated when we can see it that way as a, as a finally release of this person even though we uh, may be very attached uh, to this loved one uh, and we just don't want to let it go because uh, we're so attached and, and this loved one has been such a great person to us in this life that um, we find it difficult to to let go of all of that. But here again, it, it's seeing this loved one in terms of the soul, and not in terms of this physical personality. For those people who just turned in, you're listening to Inner Sight. Our topic for today: thoughts on death and immortality, Part Four. We have a special offer from Lucis Publishing Company. And that's the Alice Bailey book, Death, The Great Adventure. Death, The Great Adventure is a compilation of extracts on the spiritual meaning of death from the books of Alice Bailey. Here's a quote from that book, just to give you a little idea. The present cycle is the end of the age, and the next 200 years will see the abolition of death, as we now understand that grand understand that great transition and the establishing of the fact of the soul's existence once again that's a quote from Death the Great Adventure now for today the uh, the book is on sale it's uh, available for $12 free shipping, ha- free shipping and handling if you mention Inner Sight what you need to do to take advantage of the, of the job the offer is send a check or money order $12 to Lucis Publishing, Lucis is L-U-C-I-S, Lucis Publishing Company, Lucis Publishing Company, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. That's Lucis Publishing Company, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. And what you need to do, once again, is send a check or money order, $12, and the title of the book, Death, the Great Adventure, and a little note saying that you heard about the offer on Inner Sight. Now, we appreciate those donations because they help uh, to support this show and it certainly is a, uh, evidence of your support and that, that's what keeps us on the air. So please continue to uh, uh, send your donations. They are tax dedu- deductible. Send them to Lucis Trust, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. Now, also, all of our inner site programs can be heard on our website at www.lucistrust.org. On the homepage, you'll find a link to today's program, which will be available for hearing in a day or two. Last week's program is already available, and many of our past programs can also be heard. Once again, it's www.lucistrust.org. The theme of each week's program is posted in advance on our website, also so that you can see in advance what next Sunday's program will be. 
Additionally, if you'd like to get in touch with us for any reason, give us a call at 1-866-695-8247. That's 1-866-695-8247. The easy way to remember it is 1-866-NY-LUCIS. That's 1-866-THINK-OF-NEW-YORK-LUCIS. LUCIS, L-U-C-I-S. I'm interested in that quote, that excerpt from um, the Alice Bailey book, Death, the Great Adventure, and uh, it's so cryptic, and it uh, it brings to mind so many thoughts, Um, but the sheet, uh, once again, I'll I'll briefly mention it to everyone out there, there. the present cycle is the end of the age, and the next 200 years will see the abolition of death as we now understand that great transition, and the establishing of the fact that the souls exist in this world. Does she hint in the book as to how that might come to pass that we might see the abolition of death uh, take place? She doesn't give too many um, clues, although she does say quite mysteriously that if France can pull itself together, they may very likely be the ones to uh, discover or prove, rather, the fact of the soul's existence. And my French friends always say, Highly doubtful, (laughs) but that's because we always underestimate our own um, cultures, I think. Perhaps she said that because the French are so uh, scientifically minded and so um, uh, have such an excellent uh, education system and so on. I think there are hints that we're getting to that point in, um, for example, the research into near-death experiences, or NDEs as they're called, people who have read about um, the cases of people who have, well, theoretically at least, believe they have died in an operating room or an accident or whatever, believe they have crossed over to what's called the other side, and then come back into their bodies, testify to the existence of um, a being of light, Uh, who greets them on the other side and the realization that they can live apart from their body. Uh, That surely is um, one indication of the continuity of existence that is scientifically being researched. Yes, I think those kinds of uh, experiences, and and they are, we have these near-death experiences um, by the thousands. I think more and more people have them that than uh, ever admit to them, perhaps, but uh, um, the more studies like that that are done, I think the more the whole subject of death will become more of a, an interest in people. They will want to see the um, what is behind this whole process of death, and uh, I think it's um, something that really will develop as time goes on and it will be the uh, um, it, it will be just develop as human beings themselves accept the whole fact of death and the process of death as it really is I also wonder about radio and computer technology we've talked about that on other programs there's research being done experimentation with um contacting what can only be called other planes of consciousness and so on. It's all quite mysterious, and I can't say anything intelligent about it, but I find it quite plausible that we might um, 
that science might reach the point where they can um, have more direct access to other levels of consciousness. Who would have thought 50 years ago that they would be able to, to photograph via a, a satellite or whatever these distant, distant galaxies and stars that uh, the Hubble mm -hmm. telescope has done. So I think we need to keep our minds open about that. Well, also, scientists are, are doing, have done a lot of studies on sleep, for example. I, I just wanted to bring this in because this is another example of uh, um, the process of death related to sleep. Um, and as, as it's discussed in the Bailey teachings here, there is a connection between sleep and because it says every night in the hours of sleep we die to the physical plane and are alive and functioning elsewhere. We pass out of our bodies. So as it says in the quote that we says, we have died many times. Uh, yes, we have died many times. We have gone to sleep every night. And that is also similar to the process of death because we are leaving our body and we're functioning on the um, astral plane perhaps and that's where the studies in sleep and in dreaming uh, come into play here and if we realize that uh, when we are at sleep in dreaming we are out of our physical body and we are functioning elsewhere so the, the consciousness aspect of it leaves the body <coughs> every night when you go to sleep, uh, what is still connected to the body is the life thread. There are two threads. This gets a little technical, perhaps, but there are two threads for, that are projected from the soul, a consciousness thread and a life thread, and they are connected to our bodies uh, in the mind, in the, head. in the head, in the brain area around the pineal gland, and also in the heart. The life thread is connected in the heart. Is that why there's this big debate about whether um, a person is truly dead when the heart stops or when the brain stops? Well, that's another indication. See, science and, and medicine, they, they recognize brain death and heart death. But there and is some disagreement <coughs> over which is the most final, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> But uh, to be to, being to be, to be truly know. dead, one the life thread has to be withdrawn, and that's the function of the soul to do that. And uh, the life thread being the heart. That it's, yeah. it's linked to the heart center and then to the p physical heart itself. Yeah. So I mean, we could study sleep in terms of kind of a, a, a mini-dying or from that perspective. And that's all also will help us understand this whole process of death. And the more we understand about it, the more it will reduce the fear that we have of death. And I think that's a big step forward when we can do that. I think the, the fact that human beings from time immemorial have believed that there is something beyond this mortal coil is itself deeply um, reassuring and not simply wishful thinking. Each of us, I suppose, has to interpret that for ourselves, but the Bhagavad Gita of ancient India said, Lead us, O Lord, from darkness to light, from the unreal to the real, from death to immortality. 
there has always been this realization in the human soul that there is more beyond this particular life. And I don't think that's just dreaming and hoping. I think it is a deep assurance. Socrates said, no one knows what death is and whether it is not the greatest of all good things. Nevertheless, he said, it's feared as if it were the supreme evil. When death comes near to man, that which is mortal in him is scattered. That which is immortal and incorruptible withdraws intact. I think that's very interesting to think about. When death comes near, that which is mortal is scattered, and that which is immortal withdraws intact. That suggests to me that each of us better think about what in us is going to continue and what is going to be scattered. The old saying, you can't take it with you. So many people, especially in a materialistic society like this, live with almost a total focus on the material plane, the world of form. None of that is going to go with them into the other life unless they believe like the ancient Egyptian kings that they can be buried with all their treasures. (laughs) But what good did that do, you know? Um, You want to enter into the life on the other side with that which was meaningful but also what is lasting, enduring, and material things don't endure. No, it's also said that um, uh, depending on one state of consciousness uh, <clears throat> that um, there isn't that much difference between uh, life on this material level and life on the other side. You, you continue in some way pretty much the same. Yeah, you pick up where you left off. Yeah, and you you meet the same people that you associated with and uh, who might have previously died. You might very well likely meet them on the other side. And so you won't be alone. You'll be there, and if you uh, have a tendency to, to... service and are open to uh, serving, you will continue to serve on the other side. But those who are more earthbound and bound by the physical world will be limited by, uh, by what they encounter on the other side. I wonder if this fact that we don't have much assurance or much proof of uh, life on the other side isn't intentional on the part of God to make each human being have to search for it within his own understanding. The attaining of immortality has to be based on what we recognize within ourselves that should be immortal. In other words, it's up to each of us to redirect our focus to the highest levels of existence that each of us can comprehend. If we can't comprehend anything more than terra firma and sound physical objects and gold coins, then most of what we believe is our identity will die. But if we can shift our awareness into the the values of the soul that are enduring, we will find that much that we believed in in this lifetime remains on the other side. It all has to do with what we think our identity is. 
There's so much more that could be said about this, but that's enough for today. Please take advantage of our special offer from Lucy's Publishing Company, Death, the Great Adventure. Death, the Great Adventure is a compilation of extracts on the spiritual meaning of death from the books of Alice Bally. And what you need to do, if you'd like to take advantage of uh, this special offer, the sale on Death, the Great Adventure, is send a check or a money order to Lucis Publishing Company for $12. And mention that you heard about it on Inner Sight and title once again, Death, the Great Adventure. Lucis Publishing Company, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. You've been listening to Inner Sight. Now we would like to close with a world prayer called the Great Invocation to call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words. From the point of light within the mind of God, Let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills. The purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. hot air, let O'Reilly Auto Parts help bring back the cool this summer. While you may need to eventually service your AC unit, get immediate relief with Interdynamics Arctic Freeze R134A refrigerant with leak sealer for $32.99. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.